Welcome, Welcome to, to Quick, Quick Shots. Shots. Welcome to Quick Shots. Your favourite cousins, James and Alex Fitzgerald, we answer your questions. And we've got a few today, Alex, and I think I might start with Natalia. How do you repeat over and over again buying property, building a portfolio, when at some point you will have maxed out your borrowing capacity? It's a good question. Ah, uh, yes. Natalia, look, with, with great discipline... Um, and a little bit of difficulty along the way. Uh, and I think, you know, there was a little bit more context to this word that she was sort of saying that you, you can't do it. Look, you absolutely can. Um, James and I have talked about this before and I think, James, you're you're big on making sure you pay down your owner-occupier debt, um, clearing that non-tax deductible debt out so that it does actually allow you to free up some more debt you can service in investment world, um, which is absolutely true. So, you know, trying to make sure you're doing those things simultaneously, acquiring uh, real estate, land, property, whatever, um, at the same time you are smashing down your owner-occupier debt, which will help you long-term. I think also too, like it's it's very important to note that the lending world, the finance world is always changing, always mm. changing. So, you know, today we've got buffer rates at 2 3%, which means you're be, being serviced on a really, really high rate. So today you might be completely maxed out. But, you know, six months, 12 months time, lending could completely change um, or new products can be released that um, I guess will will change that for you again where you, you're not maxed out. We've also got to remember with with real estate, the, the longer you're in it, um, the more you will benefit from one, the, the value increasing. Um, which means your your loan to value ratio is is decreasing, and and therefore you may be able to borrow against that. But also rents rents increase over time. I mean, the one of the best exercises you can do um, if you bought a property five, seven, ten years ago is have a look at the property, um, figure out what you paid for the house uh, and what you were getting rent ten years ago, and versus what you're getting rent now, and and you can look at the yield difference on on what you paid for it, and you'll see that like some of the passing rents of of the increase from what you've got today um, versus what you paid and what you initially had, huge difference. So you've got to remember like the longer time you have in the game will change your borrowing capacity. It'll it'll change forever. So if you're maxed out today, you're not necessarily going to be maxed out forever. Because this one's from Ray, and I've actually never seen this acronym before. He says, what are your thoughts on HMOs, which is house of multiple occupancy, and then he says up to six room rentals. Sounds pretty bloody good to me. I think any any multi-occupancy, um, regardless of what it's called, um, you know, that that's sort of I'm imagining like a student accommodation where you've got six yeah. self-contained units within the one house. Any form of multiple occupancy, what you are prioritizing is cash flow. Um, the 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 downside to that, there's always a pro and a con of any situation, is you sacrifice growth a little bit. So, you know, think of it this way, growth and cash flow um, sit on a seesaw in many ways, like a pl- playground seesaw. If you want a lot of growth, you'll probably have to have, you know, not that strong a cash flow. Uh, alternatively, if you want really strong cash flow, you've got to sacrifice growth. And the the basics of that is you have to build more house to get more rental income, whereas it's the land that's growing in value. So I guess it depends on your strategy, Ray. They've got a place in the portfolio. Um, however, I do think growth is going to eat cash flow for breakfast in terms of like a 10, 20 year return for you. Um, so you're not going to want to prioritize it. It's certainly probably a, a later in the piece acquisition for mine um, personally. 
I just think that you, you'll probably do a little bit better by getting a, a slightly higher um, balance on growth in this sort of short, medium term. Um, but they've got their place. Cash flow does help, particularly if you've got a, a big portfolio already. Uh, we'll finish with Mukti, which is if we have more properties, do we have to pay more land tax or is there a way to avoid this? <laughs> uh, the odd question. I'm sorry, and I feel like we might have answered this um Fairly recently, but I suppose it always does. It's a come common up. question. It is a common it is. question. It is. It is, and I think, uh, like you know, you, some of your experts try to try to help you avoid land tax by buying apartments and whatnot. But look, I, I would say that. Um, there's a couple of different things you can do. Uh, you can't avoid paying land tax, you know, full stop. You can't avoid it. <laughs> it's a cost of business. It's a cost of your portfolio. So look at it in that sense. It is also tax deductible. So keep that in mind. Um, but one one thing is uh, that James and I talk about is you buy uh, in multiple states. So each state have, has their own land tax cap. So until you reach... Um, the total value of land that you own in that state at that cap, you don't pay. So, for example, in, in Queensland right now, we're at the third quarter of 2023, the, the land tax cap is 600000 unless it's gone mm. up because mm. um, 600000 yeah. So you might be able to own one, maybe two properties in the state of Queensland and not pay land tax. Um, or you could own one or two there and then, you know, go into another state and then you basically re- refresh your cap um, down in Victoria, it's $50,000 now. So you're definitely going to be paying land tax on pretty much anything you own here. You know, and then so so basically own in multiple states, you might be able to avoid it completely or you might be able to significantly minimise it whilst you've also brilliantly diversified your portfolio. Um, and second thing is I think to, to remember is when you buy with a, with a partner or another person, um, that sort of cuts the land tax in half. So it's only apportioned to the, the ownership of the property. Um, mm. So if both of you own... In Queensland, a million dollars worth of, of land and you both own it 50-50, you're only going to be proportioned um, 500,000 each. So you might mm. actually get away with it. <laughs> so it's not a it's not a loophole by any means and it's not a complete avoid, um, but it can be. It can be. It can be a minimisation tool. Some great questions today. Thank you, Ray, Mukti, uh, Natalia and Kaz. Have a great weekend. Hopefully see you next week. See, when I say it, it, it's every day is a blessing. <laughs> it is, it is anyway. But what I mean for those who aren't sure is I've might go on labour anytime soon. Could go into the old labour uni. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of the Double Shot with your favourite cousins Alex and James Fitzgerald. If you've got a burning question or something we absolutely need to talk about on the pod, please write to us. Both of our emails are in the show notes. For little real estate tidbits and a little bit of banter, okay, a lot of banter, you can follow us on the gram. Our handle is the doubleshot.podcast. That, my friends, is the doubleshot.podcast. Until next time, think of us when you sit back and sip your next double shot.